Welcome everybody to this week's episode of this. Welcome everybody to this week's episode. Can you tell I've been talking all day? <laughs> Welcome everybody to this week's episode of this week's episode. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhoods. And today, I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How are we doing this week, guys? Great. Everybody have a good Christmas? Yeah. 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 I spent all my time playing Switch. How about you? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we rented Marvel Alliance. Did you? Not fun. Not fun at all? I'm just not that gamer anymore. I don't care about unlocking characters and going through all that crap again. <laughs> I just, like, I yeah. did so much. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Teresa and I uh, faced each other in Mario Kart yesterday. Yeah. I wiped the floor with her, just like I should. Has she been practicing in it? No. She hasn't played well, it, but, that, but that one time yeah. that we all played that night. <laughs> so, on this week's episode, we discuss Killock number one, and to start off crossover month, King's Watch number one. Alright, so we're going to start with Killock number one. What'd we think, guys? I didn't finish it. It was a five-star book for this week's books that came out. And that was only like six books. Like so. Six books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it either. Uh, I'm like, oh, wow. Um, An arrogant robot who drinks and swears. So the premise of it is there's these four robots who all did some kind of heinous crime at some point, And they have been given the this kill switch where if any one of them dies, the others die. They all die. So the whole premise is that they have to rely on each other and keep each other alive. So none of them die. I thought the second half got interesting. The first half was kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Very slow moving. Yeah. This was not anything that I liked at all. <laughs> I, I went and picked it up and I was upset because I was at Krypton and I thought all of them were sold out. And now I really wish that they had all been sold out. <laughs> I've read worse, but this this wasn't great. Yeah, I, I I kind of found the humor in the where the one ro- scientific robot was in the uh, bar. The guy kept on talking to him, and he's like, "I just turned off the switch where you can't talk, and now you can't function at all." <laughs> he, he broke it. Yeah. <laughs> what was the the line about him being ugly? Is uh, that's one bleeping ugly face. Yeah. <laughs> I designed you. Not your outside, but your inside. Your inside is beautiful. Your outside makes me sick. Yep. Here, I'm turning you off. The uh, wraith creature was kind of cool. I did like the wraith. I did like the big wraith at the end. But, uh, yeah, you can tell he's going to be the protector of the young one. Yep. There wasn't a ton there to get get you going. Not really. Uh, The whole premise is that they're going to try to find a way to resolve the kill lock. So they can save the young one because the young one was innocent, was innocent, but was accused of the crime. Yep. So your rating, I'll give it a two. That's uh, being kind. Yeah. Since I didn't finish it, the artwork was really good. Artwork so was good. I like the it, artwork. I'll give it a two for the artwork story that I read so far. Um, it, it's all right. I give it a two for the story and the wraith at the end. I'm going to go two as well. Not the story, the art. Yeah. You knew what I meant. I knew where you were going. Yeah, two as well. I mean, it's just, they didn't do enough to get you excited about it. 
So next, we're going to talk about King's Watch number one. You mean the last Defenders of Earth? So this is a cross. It's a crossover of Flash Gordon. Mandrake. Mandrake. The Phantom. And the Phantom. Don't forget Luthor. And Luthar. 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 The guy who is partners with Flash Gordon, is that Mandrake? Or is that the guy who turns on him in the movie? Which guy? The old the, the professor? The professor. Yeah, he's in the movie. Um, but he isn't the bad guy in the movie, is he? No, that's Zark. This is Zarkov. And Zarkov's the guy who goes into space it's, with him. It's been it's a the while. old man. It's been a while yeah. since I've seen Flash Gordon. So it's the old man that goes along with him and Dale Arden. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of characters in here, but this is actually just like Defenders of the Earth. This is this is like the continuation of the cartoon. So the cartoon lasted like 60 episodes. I, mean, I really dug this. Jeff Parker did a great job. He did. Like, I don't love how they're picking on, like, um, eh. no, Flash. Kidding. I loved it. Like, Flash is just like this, oh, God, this rich kid and this old freak are going out in space. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, great. Who's flying this? Flash. Ah, oh, damn it. It uh, made me want to go watch Flash Gordon again because I hadn't seen the movie for a while. And I like Flash Gordon. It made me want to watch the cartoon again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it, it was did. a cartoon, so. That's how I was introduced to all those characters. And uh, it's it's fun. I mean, the Phantom was really cool. I got introduced to the Phantom with the movie. I'm sorry. I love the movie. I've seen it like so many times so in the theaters. Why? So why? Because nobody went to it. Yeah. So I had the theater to myself. Yeah. So my friends and I would just go to the theater just to heckle yeah. the movie. We saw it like seven times. Yeah. <laughs> we saw it at the Dollar Theater and nobody went. So No, I mean, there's another one after this. So there's like two parts to this. So. I'd be interested in reading the next one. Yeah, I really like this book. Yeah. It's just one of those that kind of went under the radar. Like, here's like three major stars from like comic book history. Right. Thrown together. People didn't give a crap. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. Uh, was it King's Publishing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have the first superhero in a super suit, the Phantom. Yep. And the first, like, well, not the first magician, but one of the first magicians, mm-hmm. with Mandrake and... Flash Gordon, Flash first guy Gordon. into space. Yep. And then Buck Rogers came along and ripped him off. It was an excellent read. I, I really dug it. I, I give it a four and a half. Good. I was really worried you guys weren't going to like this because the first time I read it, I was just like, who's the guy uh, with the mask is what I couldn't remember. The guy down at the bottom. Right here? Yeah. Cobra? Cobra? Yeah. La, 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 la. Yeah, they no. use him for everything. He looks, like this, he looks like Cobra from... Marvel, he looks like Cobra from, like, DC. He looks like... <laughs> it was a joke. But he looks like Serpentor. No. Anyway. Yeah, I give it a four and a half. I love the the art. Art was fantastic. And we're going back with the uh, old-time radio show and listening to The Shadow. And I've been getting more into the, uh, the old-school Golden Age mm-hmm. characters with Nick with, uh, was that the devil? Yeah. And then... Devil. I haven't read the Black Terror yet, but yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah, um, my favorite part of this book is they're in the jungle and they're uh, Lothar is taking a group of photographers in, and there's this giant dinosaur alligator kind of thing that just destroys this elephant. And this c- cameraman was just like, "I'm getting film. I'm getting fi- cock." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just got ate. <laughs> he gets eaten. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean. 
just guys without real superpowers. I mean, the Phantom doesn't have anything. So how come uh, the Professor and uh, Flash Gordon are not wearing spacesuits? They're going out into space, but they're not wearing any spacesuits. I don't think they knew that they were going to go out that far. Oh, that's a good reason. I mean, if it blew up, it blew up. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really care. I was just being the scientific. It's nerd. a comic book. It's a comic book. All right. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a great pick. Cool. Glad you guys liked it. Who do we got for the D lister this week, Ryan? Luthar. Okay. All right. So he was Mandrake's best friend. Um, and they met during their tra- his travels to Africa. And he was the prince of the Seven Nations. He's often referred to as the strongest man in the world. He was invulnerable to any man-made weapon, impervious to heat or cold, stamina of a thousand men. He could even pick up an elephant with one hand. He can't be harmed by magic directly. He was introduced in 1934 in a daily strip and wore a fez, short pants, and leopard skin, and also spoke broken English. But in 1965, they adjusted it, and he started speaking correct English, and his clothes changed. However, he did have some kind of leopard skin pattern on most of his outfits. Okay. All right, so uh, got any good sales going on at Krypton this week, Ryan? Nothing? No, not that I'm aware of. Got some money from Christmas? Go check out the shop and see what you can find. They're, they're restocking constantly, so you might find some good stuff in there. But otherwise, you know, it is the one of the largest shops in the Midwest, so go in, look around, ask any of the guys for some help, and uh, try and find something, and we'll see what we can do for you. And now, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. The I picked up Cosmic Revenge of Cosmic Ghost Rider number one. It starts off and it's talking, Castle's talking about how he got captured. He got captured by the Shi'ar and they're bringing him on board a prison ship because he killed somebody that wasn't an Earthling. And he was such a terror that they sent Gladiator and those people after him. His guard, the Imperial Guard after him. He lays waste to everybody except for, you guessed it, <laughs> I forgot his name. I just said it too. Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> it's been a long day. Bear with me. <laughs> so they put him in prison and they're like, how long do you think he, he'll last? And they're like, uh, I don't know. And he proceeds to kick the ever-loving crap out of everybody in the in the prison. And he turns into Cosmic Ghost Rider in there. And he is about to take over the ship. And the guard blows it up. They find Castle's head floating in space. A bunch of pirates find Castle's head floating in space. His skull. They bring it on board. Because they've looted everything off of the prison ship. And there's a human on there. Human girl. And... She gets into a fight with one of the pirates because they don't get along. And the guy who she doesn't get along with ends up getting killed by Castle. His skull comes to life. And that's how he reincorporates his body pieces is by killing people, taking people's souls. And it, it shows pictures of, you know, the girl working out 
taking a shower and her whole crew's getting eviscerated and he confronts her castle confronts her and she starts shooting at him and he's like wait a minute you're an innocent i don't kill innocents she's like i'm not innocent right i'm bad <laughs> and the pirate who ship they looted the 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 pirates that castle killed were all under command of a different person and he goes to talk to mephisto and mephisto is pulling the entrails out of a human being when he walks into the shop and he's like oh hey buddy how's it going long time no see like he's not pulling the entrails of somebody he's just like hey buddy what can i do for you right and that's where it ends because he wants the guy wants frank castle's mortal soul and then it has a mini story where frank castle takes on frank castle because cosmic ghost rider frank castle is from a different timeline uh from the future and frank castle they bring up that he was franken castle and they have a little joke about that and castle the now punisher castle not ghost rider castle starts firing on ghost rider and he's like whoa buddy what's going on here why why are you shooting at me and he's like you could go back in time and change anything you wanted to and you didn't go back and save them and then he's like don't ever come near me again or you're dead and punisher's like you're not my when he was fighting him and shooting him and he was actually doing damage to him he's like yeah you're not my first ghost rider i've taken on it it got me interested enough to go to issue number two of the five-part series that it is just to see how it plays out a little bit in the next issue probably get me to do issue number three and issue number four and issue number five because apparently i really like cosmic ghost rider i didn't know i would but i do so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a four it wasn't what i was expecting i was expecting it to be kind of crap basically i didn't know what to expect and i was pleasantly surprised so i recommend getting it it's a pretty decent book cool cool so all right all right, so mine are going to be a little bit off the wall here. Um, so I picked up Gamma Rodders number one from DC and TSR. This is from January two th- uh, 1989. So uh, it's in the new format, which nobody have, can ever explain what the new format was. What is the new format? No idea. I think it was just more expensive. <laughs> Maybe it Did had like have better less paper? ads. No. Better paper? Or is it still the No, it's still newsprint. cheap newsprint. So it might be heavier newsprint, but still cheap. This book is insane. The artwork is gorgeous. It looks like Speed Racer. Nice. Very cartoony. Very futuristic cartoony for 1989. This is about kids in the future who ride around in giant animals called giant bioborgs. They're bears, kangaroos, hamsters, anything. Yes, please. And they're all psychically linked to them. So if the kids get in trouble and they start fighting each other, the Borgs will start fighting each other. So it's like the Lions of Voltron. Yes. In the new Voltron. Yep. Okay. The uh, main prota- protagonist's name is Jock Tadsworth. It's very, very imaginative. Jock Tadsworth. The third. <laughs> Buffet. But it, this book never, I never found interest in this book when I was a kid. And I, I actually like it now. I mean, it's pretty funny. It's pretty weird. It's like Dungeons and Dragons in the future, and there's a cameo Uh-oh. Uh-oh. by somebody's second favorite Green Lantern. 
<laughs> yeah, he's on uh, the planet and Sky Gardener, and he's giving somebody a ring. That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's a sweet cameo. <laughs> I'm going to have to try to track those down. I have never seen that one before. Then I picked up at that sale for 50 bucks for 20 bucks. I uh, I picked up like 10 issues of Crystar. Still can't find the Danzig cover, but that's okay. The first book is the origin story, of course. It's huge. It's long. Crystar and her brother, his brother are princes, and their uncle is the regent who runs the thing, but they're going to be coronated as kings because their father wanted them both to run the kingdom. Then they get split. Like a wizard comes in and he's like, well, there's going to be a catastrophe coming. One guy's like, well, we need to save our people. And the other one's like, we need to save our kingdom. So they have a tiff. One guy leaves, joins the evil wizard. The other one, Kristar, joins the good wizard. And Moltor, who's the bad twin, goes and becomes a molten monster. And his his followers become molten creatures, and Kristar's followers become crystal people. It is good and stupid at the same time. Like, the artwork for the first issue, not so good. Go on further. Second issue, the art is amazing. But... Same guy? No. It's different artists for every book, it seems like. It seems like Marvel was just like, uh, draw this. <laughs> okay, alright. So, third issue has Doctor Strange in it. Because you can't not promote a cartoon toy line without throwing Marvel heroes through it. Rub on it. They did it with Rom. They did it with um, Shogun Warriors. They had to throw Transformers. They had to throw Marvel heroes into it somehow. Got to make it sell. You know which one that didn't do that? Who? G.I. Joe. That's right. Well, G.I. Joe kind of sells itself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, um, if you can find this book, it's it's fun to read, but it's just, it's a drag sometimes. I mean, it's just like, oh, here's another eight-page recap. Like, I'm never reading that. Do I need this? Because I another got... Another recap? I got BTSD. I don't need a recap. So, um, get the first issue. Don't worry about the rest of them. Unless you can find number eight that has the Danzig skull on the cover. And get that one. Because that one's the only one that's worth anything. So, that's what I got. Cool. Ooh. All right. So we brought up the 50 bucks for 20 bucks con yet again. Again. And when we, we should were... get, we should get uh, some free comic books for promoting this thing. Yeah. He travels all through the Midwest. Can't remember what it's called. Midwest comic con or something like that. Something like but that. Um, they have a Facebook page. Check it out. I picked up a couple of dark horse Indiana Jones books. I wanted to finish the runs on. So I went looking for the rest of the issues. I stumbled across. The first further adventures of Indiana Jones. I'm like, okay. I got the Temple of Doom at home. Yeah. I'm like, why couldn't it be Last Crusade? (laughs) No, it is Last Crusade. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. All right. Awesome. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get to this try. I always liked Indiana Jones. This was a lot of fun. The art could use a little bit of work. And you could tell that they kind of took the storyline a little bit from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And a little bit of Temple of Doom. They kind of combined it a little bit. But honestly, I thought it was a fun story. They got the Harrison Ford character, Indiana, pegged pretty well how he talks and everything. Since I only read the first issue, the sidekick is the typical nerdy girl that glasses fall off and she's kind of hot. 
Is that Marion? Marion's in the first issue, right? No, it's not Marion. It's, it's not no time for love, Dr. Re- Jones. She referred, or he refers to her as Marion because he gets knocked out. Oh, yeah. And then he goes, oh, Marion. Whoop, wrong, wrong thing. Marion shows up later um, on. I think her name is Meredith, if mm. I remember right. Yeah. But you know what? If you like Indiana Jones, definitely check these out. I got it for a buck fifty, So, they're not expensive. It's a lot of fun. Now, oh, you're not going to kill us with another new kids on the block? <laughs> so Marvel came out this last week with a $10 book called Incoming. The review of it said that it was a murder mystery and they don't know who got killed and they don't know who did it. And Al Ewing wrote this. He also wrote the, what was it, 80 Years of Marvel book as well. The Marvel a lot 1000. Of yeah, he wrote a lot of those uh, stories in there as well. Al Ewing is getting a lot of uh, work right now from Marvel. And from what I've read, most of it's been pretty good. However, after spending the $10 on this book, I have determined that Marvel will never trick me into buying another $10 book. I said that about a $5.99 book last week. You should have taken my advice, friend. The premise sounded interesting. Okay. So, a person gets killed on a third story in a third story apartment doors locked and there's no like uh fire escape or anything outside the window and the the masked raider who makes his first appearance in recent books in the marvel 1000 is the first one to find this guy he happens to look across the street and daredevil and electra are sparring so he fires his gun at them to get their attention, thinking that Daredevil's unique abilities are going to help them determine who killed this person. Daredevil has no clue, so he hires Jessica Jones, or has Jessica Jones come in and take a look. Jessica finds a clue and goes, wow, this is, it's got this star thing that is associated with Captain Marvel. I'm going to talk to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's like, I don't know what this is all about. So she's like, well, we're, I'm a part of a bunch of teams. I'll go talk to these teams. So she goes and talks to the Avengers and Black Panther and the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then they pass it over to Blue... It's not Blue Blazes. It's Blue... <laughs> Hank McCoy? No. Blue? The Blue Marvel? Yeah, the Blue Marvel. And he, Night Thrasher, and this other guy are... The Mr. Mr. Ease now that carried on from the 80 years of Marvel or whatever. And so he starts reaching out to their teams and things like that. Long story short, which they could have done, this turned into basically your Star Wars preview book that amounted to nothing. Yeah. It was a way to promote upcoming books that are coming out. At the very end... <laughs> you got more charged $5 more than me. <laughs> very end you'll find out about the mass raider blank they didn't give a time frame uh more adventures of Mur- matt murdoch and electra and they tell you when the book's on sale next time adventures tells you when the book's on sale. blah 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 blah, blah. i mean it's just a promotion to talk about all these upcoming books the fantastic four blah x-men made an appearance because of franklin richards I, mm, this was not al ewing did a good job he Put the pieces go. I'm not blaming him at all. Yeah. But the directive of that book is ridiculous. To just basically put puzzle pieces in place so you have to continue. 
so you can find out and meet all these characters and find out where to start reading that. Well, they're coming out with a new huge event called Empire. No, yep. not which Marvel. Deals with the Fantastic Four and the Avengers going back through the Kree Skrull War and pretty much a giant space opera. And uh-huh. this is what this sets up. They're be- yeah. beating it. Because the guy that died is a Kree warrior. Right. Beating so a dead horse there. You got a $10 prelude to a book. I don't care anything about. Right. Sorry, bro. But, like I said, Kill Lock was a five-star book for this last week. <laughs> <laughs> this, but I, this is about one and a half for me. For as long as it took me to read it. Again, it was... Al Ewing did a fantastic job trying to put the pieces together, but it was such a drag. Well, what's funny is that book came out Wednesday, and Marvel already had press releases for Empire already today. Yeah. And it was like, well, I don't need to read that if you're just going to pump it into this. Yeah. And that's what it was going into. It was going into this Empire thing. Didn't they just get done with Absolute Carnage? They never stop. They'll never stop. Their massive it's like, saga. That's books. what we talked about the other day. It was like, please, just stop. All our fans are screaming, just stop. Because it's like, you can't buy a book without a crossover in it, and it drives people nuts. Yes, I agree completely. You know, and DC does it too, I, but I liked what DC did. DC used to do, like, Final Night. It is a four-part series, It self-contained, if that's what you chose to do. There is... You could go out and find an issue where it's about Final Night and how Superman's dealing with it outside of the... But you didn't need to read that, right? Same with A versus X. You know, it's the same type of deal. Yeah. They brought it up once on one page, so there's a tie-in. That's what they used to. Now, they're making it so everything has to be... You gotta go buy this book, and you gotta go yeah. buy this book, and you gotta... Go... Screw that! I don't want to do that anymore. No. No. I'm... I miss the little one-shots, the... Frankly, I'm too old to be doing that crap anymore. Well, you know, we had cross. We're doing crossover month, and I yeah. I missed like the the crossover happens over here, but it's a two or three part series. Yeah. You're done. You don't have to read anything like else. The the X Men crossover has nothing or no bearing on the Avengers. Yeah, or Fantastic Four, or any of that. It's there. That part of it is separate. They're still in the same universe, but they're in their own little battle over here, and they're in their own little battle right. over there. Right? That's that, I missed that, too. $10 for that. I mean, again. Ouch, Ben. <laughs> I don't feel like such I'm a giving schmuck. mad props to Al <laughs> Ewing, because him and Hickman are just tearing it up on the Marvel side. Oh, uh, my favorite part, uh-huh. and the part where I said, screw you, Marvel, uh-huh. was when they brought up Null. <sighs> there's a part where mr fantastic goes to do an autopsy on the guy that got murdered and he's like oh you look familiar to this assistant and it's uh jane foster and that's how they introduced her in so they could promote thor it's just like okay all right it make it a murder mystery where you have to kind of figure it out kind of thing I would be fine with it. But when you get to the end and then you see that it's just so they could tie everything, all these books together, it was absolutely ridiculous. I'm glad I didn't see that because if I had even thought about picking it up, Teresa would have shot me just for the price alone. I was pretty excited for it. 
Were you? Yeah, I was like, wow, Marvel mystery or a mystery in Marvel Universe, which so they kind of would be nice. You feel duped, too? I feel, yeah, I was just like, well. They chase down Iron Man in here, and it's the brother of Tony. It's Ivo. Yes. Ivo Stark? Yes. Arno. Arno, Arno Stark. Arno who's, Stark. Who's Arno Stark? Alright, start Iron Man 2020. Oh, okay. Which is hilarious because he's kind of like a pompous ass. Yes. And Ooh. they're like, hey, there's this code. Is this computer language or whatever? He looked at it and he goes, nope. And so they took off and he had just rescued two people. And he's like, it's actually this guy. And he's, they're like, well, why didn't you tell him that? Well, they didn't ask. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, God. But... Yeah, I'm I'm not going to ever ever pull a trigger on that. If I I use a cheap week this week anyhow, so I'm like, oh, I'll give it a run, but if I see something like that, I'm going to open the book and look through it before I buy it like that book I got last week. I'm going to open it and make sure that there's an actual story in there and not just a bunch of advertisements for shit that's coming on down the line. I mean, there is an actual story to this. It's just no, but it turned into promotion for a promotional period. Yes. A promotional issue. Yeah. And that frustrated me to no end. So now we're going to move on to the list and it's top 10 TV shows based on comics. To clarify, this is live action only. Live action. I had to clarify that on Friday because I was looking at animated stuff. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember. I'm like, I better ask. <laughs> so, I'll go first. Uh, number 10, Daredevil. Number 9, Agent Carter. Number 8, Umbrella Academy. Number 7, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Number 6, The Flash. 1990 to 1991. Number five, Green Hornet. Number four, Incredible Hulk. Number three, Wonder Woman. Number two, Buck Rogers. And number one, with a bullet, Batman 66. I used to watch two hours of it. Every day, I'd go home and it'd be on KPTM. And then you'd switch over to TBS and you'd have another hour and they'd always be different episodes. So it'll be two hours of Batman 66 every day after school. All right. So I got number 10, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Number nine, Legion. Number eight, The Secrets of Isis. Number seven, Agent Carter. Number six, The Boys. Number five, Superboy from 1988. Number four, The Flash from 1990. Number three, Wonder Woman. Number two, Batman 1966. And number one, Daredevil. Nice. So we had our tops and we had our tops, but we had pretty similar tastes as kids, huh? Yep. (laughs) No, I can only go off the ones I remember watching because I know there's a lot of them that I want to watch. I've never watched. Yeah. So number 10, Defenders. Nine, Arrow. Especially the first two seasons. Yes. Yes. I completely agree with you. Eight, Jessica Jones. Seven, Daredevil. Six, The Tick from 2001. I forgot the tick. Five, The Incredible Hulk. Four, Wonder Woman. Three, Batman 66. Two, The Flash from the 90s. And my all-time favorite, I can't remember what show it was on, 321 Contact or Electric Company or Spider-Man. 
Yeah. Awesome. Even though it the electric company. Yep. It wasn't electric even company. its own show, but, but it was, it was a part of it. Yeah. And that's that and what we'll talk about next week are the two that really got me into the superheroes. Yeah. So yeah. So if you're new to the show, can you guess up guess which time frame all three of us grew up? <laughs> Cause that's the first time we've all had similar picks similar. Yep. in our top tens for well, for a while. See, and I thought about The Punisher. Um, I've not finished Umbrella Academy, but I love that from the beginning that I watched. thought about S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought about Gotham because Gotham started off fairly strong. But when it came down to it... Is it Battlestar Galactica that's on MeTV? Yes. Yeah, it's not Buck Rogers. No, Buck Rogers is on there with is Twinkie. It? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just haven't caught it. I knew, uh, I knew they were playing Saturday it. Saturday nights... Nine central. I okay, think. that used Trying to be a, after Sven Gulli. That used to be one of my favorite kids when little our favorite shows when little Kirk was about five, five or six years old because I love Twinkie. <laughs> yep. God, I'm old. I'm just getting older. We were watching it one day about ten years ago when Sonya and I first started dating, and I was like. Wilma's pants keep changing. She's like, why do you keep... I'm like, how can you not? Like, <laughs> She's got pockets on her. And then, oh, nope, nope, she doesn't have pockets. Yep. She's got pockets. She doesn't have pockets. She's like, why are you... Like, Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. I love, I love making that list. It was the easiest list, I think. It took me like five minutes to write it out. And pick which ones I, I knew what my top six were going to be before i even started the list i had to b- fill the bottom four parts with ones that i had recently watched yeah i watched that tick show like so many times i have it on dvd and it's just like i watched it so much and then sony hates the tick so i can't watch it anymore <laughs> but i'm just like boom yeah patrick orburton just kills me i can't watch the new one no. i mean he was the perfect pick for that yeah and then the new one is just like, nah. Arthur looks horrible. He looks, I don't know. Yeah. The original one was spot on. Oh, I can use it for next week. Never mind. Yeah. No, I can't. Was Danger Mouse a comic book? No. I didn't think so. Damn it. That was one of my favorites, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything else this week? I have something, but I can't talk about it because I don't think you guys have seen it yet. So I'm not going to talk about it. seen it tomorrow. I have not seen it yet. I'm not going to talk about it. My wife's friend got my kids Disney Plus for a year. Nice. So have not started any of the Star Wars or Marvel stuff yet. When what is Ooh. it? Wednesday. Ooh. Wednesday. Have you is... finished the Mandalorian yet? No. Wednesday's Mandalorian Day. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a part of it, and I want you to text me when you watch the last episode and tell me who you think those guys are. Okay. Yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday's Mandalorian Day. I've already told her we're we're catching up on Mandalorian on Wednesday. All right. Well, apparently it's I was super excited. Something that's uh, there is so much from the toy line that they put in that show. I keep. I was like, oh my god, that's that, and that's that, and that's that. I'll be on Twitter, right? And I'll be scrolling, and it'll be like, oh, look at this from the last episode. Of, I'm like, no! <laughs> Just scroll, scroll, really fast, scroll really fast. I mean, they're taking things from everything. They're taking Are things they? from Rebels. They're taking things from Old Republic. They're taking things from 
like Star Wars expanded universe. They're taking okay, just like throwing uh-huh. it together, and this is like ha ha ha. That's that, and that's that thing. And Can't wait! Holy crap! So, is he actually carrying that? And, so and, yeah, Nick Nick's a big oh, nerd. My God, big Star Wars nerd. I'm a big Star Wars nerd. There's nothing like Star Wars for me. Maybe X Men is a close second, but Star Wars is the original three. I'm pretty big Star Wars nerd. After that, I'm like, yeah. Okay. When you go to watch episode nine, I'm just going to say this. Go in with an open mind. Okay. I always do. I always walk out going, wow, that's really good. And I can, then you watch it again. You're like, yeah. I can say <laughs> that J.J. Abrams buttons it up nicely. That's all I can say. All right. Two fan theories. Or from my theory. Okay. Three. All right. Ray is a clone of Anakin. Boom. Two. Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. Three, she is the daughter of Leia Solo or Leia Organa from a different man, and she dropped her off on the planet. Maybe she banged Palpatine, and that's how they got the English accent. I don't see Leia banging Palpatine. (laughs) I do. Um, He just gets a nice young clone body and hits on her like... I want to talk about it so bad. You guys need to hurry the fuck up and watch it. I'm going to wait at least six months to watch it. God damn it. (laughs) I want to talk about it so bad because I will say this. I saw some things that I didn't like, but I can forgive it because it's Star Wars and it's never going to be a perfect movie for anyone. I will say this. Your niece. This was the out of the three. Your niece sat on the edge of her seat. Yeah. For the entire goddamn movie. Nice. That's how much she enjoyed this movie. So it's basically for her age, kids. Right. So go into it thinking that. Did you see the interview with Freddie Prince Jr.? No. Because he played one of the characters on Rebels? Yes, he played Kanan. Right. And they're railing on it because it's it's stupid and, you know, this is for kids. He's like, no, Star Wars is for kids. Yes. It you're just mad because your fandom didn't grow with you. It stayed for the people it was meant to stay with. It was supposed to be for the kids. And he was just dropping F-bombs after F-bombs because he's pissed that people are just just giving him crap for, yeah. you know. It's, that's, I've your just, Star Wars is stupid. Like, we're, <laughs> we were talking about this at work and somebody asked us, asked another guy if he had seen it. And he said yes. And then I said I had seen it. And she goes, so what would you guys think? I said, it was good. It was awesome. I love Star Wars, and I know that nothing's ever, it's for kids. It's never going to be for me. Mine was the original trilogy. Okay, this is for my daughter, right? This is her trilogy. Okay? And I said, and I looked at the other guy, and I said, isn't the Star Wars fandom the most toxic fandom in the whole world? And he goes, they are. And she looked, the girl who asked us says, you guys aren't part of that? I said, no, because I can detach myself every time I go into a movie. I'm not looking at it from, you know, 10-year-old or 12-year-old Kirk. I'm looking at it as an adult who's taking his kid to see these three movies. Right, and you know that it's a movie. Yeah. It's not something you base your life around. No, and I could detach myself. Ugh. And that's what bothers me so much is, like, you're really going to bully somebody because they took a part in Star Wars? Right. And then you're going to bully her off of social media? Yeah. You need to reevaluate your life if you're doing that. Yeah. 
Anyway, anybody got anything else? No. Okay, Ryan? Nope. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Have fun. Read more comics. It's been Kirk. Ryan. And Nick. See you guys next week. Oh, my queen, said the royal sorcerer to Hatshepsut. With this amulet, you and your descendants are endowed by the goddess Isis. With the powers of the animals and the elements, you will soar as the falcon soars, run with the speed of gazelles, and command the elements of sky and earth. 3,000 years later, a young science teacher dug up this lost treasure and found she was heir to the secrets of Isis. And so, unknown to even her closest friends, Rick Mason and Cindy Lee, she became a dual person, Andrea Thomas, teacher. Oh, my God. And Isis, dedicated foe of evil, defender of the weak, champion of truth and justice.